Revolution.org podcast coming away. This is number 351, another Q&A episode. We have five fun topics. Steve Smee here and Rick. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So the first topic, guys, we like to, uh, we have to hit a hardcore one first. We're going to talk about the first trend cycle. Let's say you've, uh, you ran five, six cycles. You're ready for trend. Trendosaurus. Trend is the strongest steroid out there, guys, that you're ever going to run. Um, it's going to take things to the next level. You'll probably hit all-time PRs on it, both in weight and strength when you're on trend, all things being equal. So what can you expect on the first cycle? So one of the things um, that trend can do is it can really throw your, you know, your mind off. It can basically, it's called a relationship killer for a reason. It's going to make you want to be aggressive um, sexually. So you may find yourself bored in your current marriage or relationships. You don't want to go other try other things with other people so that's why it's called the relationship killer trend is definitely the relationship killer another thing you can look for is the side effects of all the steroids trend really really goes after your heart health it really goes after your organ health as a whole very inflammatory in the body when you take trend it will inflame pgf2a in the body which is prostaglandin and that's going to cause everything to be inflamed you could, you could end up noticing your cholesterol is ridiculously strained. Your liver can get strained. Your kidneys can get strained. Your prostate can get strained. Your head hair could fall out. Your skin could, could be screwed up. Your acne could go crazy. There's all kinds of things. Also, stomach. A lot of people who take trend notice they start getting heartburn, and they not have a problem with heartburn. But on trend, trend gives them heartburn. Trend might give them some bowel issues. Maybe they'll get diarrhea. Maybe they'll get the opposite. They'll, they'll have hardening stool where they can't go to the bathroom. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that trend can do. And if you have any of these problems already and you take trend, it can exacerbate all these issues. So those are the things that trend can do. But, uh, but the good things it can do is, like I said, strength. You'll notice your strength is crazy on this stuff like you're opening cans opening bottles and they're shattering in your hand because you get so freaking strong on it it's it's basically like watching the superman and seeing how superman becomes superman you know from clark kent a regular guy to superman that's what trend does it turns you into a superman and the strength is just amazing on it there's no way you could ever achieve naturally the strength that you'll achieve when you're taking trend, but it has a lot of drawbacks. So, um, and then one of the things too, Rick, you're not going to like this one is your cardio suffers big time. If you're able to run a mile in say seven minutes, which is pretty good on trend, you might not be able to run that mile for like 11 or 12 minutes. It does that much damage to your endurance. So there's a lot of good with trend, but there's way, 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 way more bad with trend. So those are the things you need to expect when you're running trend. Don't come on the forum and post, oh my God, I, I, my 5K time dropped 10 minutes on, on trend. Well, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And speaking of, of that too, pumps. I'll tell you, four or five weeks into trend, your pumps become ridiculous in the gym on trend. So there's a lot of things that trend can do that, blows away other steroids. Yeah, trend is, is one of the steroids that's going to have a, a pretty profound uh, effect on the way you feel, the way your body acts. Everything from the temperature at night to your thoughts to even the way you orgasm and climax. I mean, everything is going to come into question. I would say, look, Steve uh, did a good job of covering what to expect. I, I would say advice, start slow. That's my new uh, thing of, on trend. I've been saying for many, many podcasts, like don't use it, no need. And I, I stand by that. However, any of you guys that want to give it a shot, that just curious about it and want to give it a go, uh, a little dabble do you. Just a small amount of trend along with whatever your cycle is. 
will have the effects you want. What you want out of trend, in my opinion, is you want it to just amplify the effects of everything else you're doing, cardinobulkin, uh, testosterone, or anavar, whatever. You want it to kind of am as an amplifier. Also, uh, you want it to give you that drive, that strength. You know, it really, it's, it's a good, good, good product um, if you don't abuse it. Once you start going, you know, into the the three to four hundred, five, six, seven hundred, I've heard a week realm of 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 trambolone. Now you run into problems. Now you run into the night sweats, into uh, a lot of the kidney issues. Now you run into, into not being able to sleep properly, uh, and look even the trend cough. You know, when more volume of trambolone you're pumping with each shot. More, more chances you have of, of getting that trend cough, that dreaded trend cough. So, you know, that's, that's, that's it. Um, good piece of advice. Use it. Use it responsibly. I'd say 100 megs a week with whatever else you're doing is fine. 50 megs twice a week is fine. Um, it's, <clears throat> it's enough to get some of the good benefits out of it and not suffer some of the worst side effects from it. It's my opinion. Don't run it during the hot times of the year is my final advice on it because it's so brutal. It like makes your body hot, like Rick mentioned. So at night you're going to be sweating. And then during the day you're like not going to be able to like go out in the heat. So it's like, it's going to make your body temperature high. It's, it's like you have a fever nonstop. So run it during the colder times of the year. And um, if you do want to run it and don't run it more than once every two years. And I know a lot of people won't follow that, but trust me as someone who ran, I ran it probably three or four times in a two year span. And I think it did a lot of damage to my body that is not easily reversed. Um, I blame trend for a lot of my injuries, a lot of my disc problems, shoulder Definitely, it blew out my shoulder because I was benching so much weight that it caused my shoulder to get blown out because of trend. So, it's uh, it's does a lot to you that you may think is a good thing, but it's really a bad thing. So, be be very careful with it. All right, the next one we're gonna talk about is smelling weird on steroids. So, I can remember a few years ago I was running Primo from. Uh, a lab underground lab and I noticed that I'd smell weird I noticed my pee would smell weird so I went to the doctor I was like I told the doctor I was like look you know something's really wrong here like my pee is smelling weird I don't know what the hell is going on so she had me run like blood work STE tests all this stuff everything came back normal and I told her, I was like, I was like, I'm on Primo Bowling. So she's sitting there on her iPad looking it up. She had no clue what Primo Bowling was. And I had to like explain it to her. She had no clue. So I finally just stopped using the Primo and the smell went away after a couple of weeks. So I blame it definitely on, on the metabolites of the Primo. So some like underground labs or even pharmacy grade labs, you know, just what they use in the oils, what they use in in the product when you take something it's going to get excreted so another thing too i've had uh situations when i've used trend where my bed sheets have turned like a tannish color uh where i'm sleeping in the bed and i don't know rick if you've ever noticed that but that's um one of those things like at night if you're sweating a little bit even a little bit that sweat is going to contain some of that rustic color to it so that's going to kind of stain your, your sheets. So that's another thing also. You just remember these steroid oils. I'm not an expert at all of how to make steroids or any of this stuff. I don't know anything about that. But what's in those steroid oils are going to come back out of your body. They're going to get excreted. So if you're excreting something that is kind of weird smelling, that's going to give off an odor. If you're excreting a certain color coming out of your skin that's being sweated out, that's going to give your bed sheets a different color. So those are things that, to keep in mind. Rick, what, what do you know about this? Yeah, hormones affect the way we smell. It's what happens when you're a teenager. 
new surge in hormones, <clears throat> changes the way you smell, because uh, all the cells that make up the glands in your body, they have androgen receptors. I mean, we all know this. A good fix to body smell, a good internal deodorant is liquid chlorophyll. It's very cheap. You can find that anywhere. You only need a couple of spoons of it um, if, if you got a good concentrated version, or you can take the little capsules. And about three to four days in after taking liquid chlorophyll, you're going to notice the smell body just go, just leave. Like a really, it'll just go. So liquid chlorophyll is the way to go if you want to deodorant. And this goes for any like body odor. If you're like a strong smelling individual, liquid chlorophyll. Do that for about three, four, five days. Man, if you're really smelly, dude, uh, around day seven, day eight, Look, some people just tend to have more BO than others. Some people's uh, sweat is just more of a, of, it's more of a bacteria paradise than, than others. And so uh, by, again, by, it, it's genetics a lot of the time, it others, a combination of the two most of the time. And chlorophyll, liquid chlorophyll just makes you smell minty fresh. It, it really is a good, good product to use. I'll tell you guys a quick anecdote how, how I used it. Um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll know a girl, romance her, long distance stuff. And uh, we might end making, we might end up making plans to, to be somewhere together for a couple of days, you know, as, as some of our first meetings. So I wanted to make sure that as I'm getting close to 80, that's just meeting me that I'm like, I'm smelling great and so liquid chlorophyll completely just makes the smell in your body no i mean really really no so if you're in a hotel or anything like that uh being close to someone lady for a first time or even if it's your wife man if you just want to she knows you stink most of the time now you want to start smelling as a non-stinky guy liquid chlorophyll very cheap do it in a few days it's the way to go it's it's incredible. It's a good 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 product. So uh, that's your uh, solution if you're a smelly guy. All right, guys. So next one is going to be taking time off to rest the body while on cycle. So I've been in these situations before. Let's say you're on a cycle and something happens where you injure yourself. You have a nagging injury, and you feel like you know what? I'm on cycle. I don't want to waste the steroids. I don't want to waste my progress. So let me just push through this injury versus just taking a week off and continuing the cycle. And then when you, after a week, you can come back into the gym. So, uh, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to attack this question. And also it depends on what kind of injury you have, but Rick, have you ever been in these situations because you travel a lot, so even it could be something like we're traveling, where you have to go some, you have to travel for a week, where you can't work out or something like that. So tell tell us what do you think about this? Yeah, so so what you do is if you get in a situation where you're on cycle and you can't train for a few days, and you can plan it, you know, you got time to plan, then just kill your body, murder it. You know, the last two days before the break. Do, do double routine, morning workout, night workout, two days in a row, maybe three if, you, if you're that strong on the source. Give yourself a good, heavy, strong workload to the point where you completely kill the muscle, maybe more than you normally would ever. You know, do more sets and then push out more reps after failure. You know, after failure more, just push yourself that hard. And then... So you built the rest in. So you really hit your body hard for a couple of days. And then you got that rest. You got that whole week to just bask in it. Uh, make sure you keep up your anabolic regimen because you're growing when you're resting. You're not growing at the gym while you're, while you're pushing. You're growing while you're resting. And make sure you sleep well those days. And then your body will rest. Your body will repair that damage. Your body will, will begin to, after repair, it'll begin to cut down on some muscle mass that it doesn't need because you haven't been working out. If it's a short break, short four or five day break from, from training, fine. Two uh, days of, of just hardcore, just hitting the whole body 48 hours hard, harder than, than you normally ever would. Good four or five day break. And then you come back and then you do a couple of, of days again of hard training. So you just put out two of the hardest training days you've had maybe all year 
and you slapped on a four or five day uh, a vacation in the middle of it. Not bad at all. Now, if you, um, if the vacation is longer than that, if it's seven days, two weeks, you don't, you know, once you start going more than seven days without, without resistance training, you start to wither away. You know, your body starts to chop down. And, and if you're on steroids, you're, you're wasting it. So uh, if you've got two weeks where you can't get to the gym, same principle kind of applies here. Uh, uh, the last two days of gym workout hit everything hard, using every machine that you won't be able to see outside of the gym. And then in your two weeks, you can give yourself four or five days to settle in. But after day about five or six, you want to go and just start doing push-ups till failure. You want to go and, and, you know, lifting furniture around and finding good creative ways of getting some resistance training in, of, of bringing the muscles to failure and, and the point where you need to push beyond. You really need to do that. You, I mean, it's just, you have to find it. You can't go or you shouldn't go that long without training. Now, look, if you really have to, two weeks, three, a month without the gym, it's not the end of the world, man. You know, you, 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 you'll, you'll survive. But ideally, if you can avoid it, it just don't because it'll, it's just so much harder to get back than once you're already on the roll. If you're already on the roll, you take a few days off, you get right back on, man, you're good. You're good. But if you're like on the roll and you take a couple of, a couple of weeks off, maybe over a month, two months off, then you're good to go. You got something going. Uh, I'm sorry, you take that much off, then, man, you know, you start to wither away. And then when you start getting back, when you get back to, into the grind, it's just – it takes a little bit. It takes a little bit of time to get back to where you are at. So um, that, that's my uh, that's my whole lecture. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, and I, I think it depends, Rick, on let, let's say you injure your shoulder, for example, and it's like a little nagging injury. Shoulder is kind of bothering you. I think it's good just to take time off, man, because if you keep hammering away something like the shoulder – you'll keep tearing up that rotator cuff and that's just going to set you back more. So you have to really know your body and listen to your body. And just at the end of the day, it's okay to take time off from the gym. I used to be against it. I used to be a person who took tons, you know, took a lot more steroids than I should worked a lot were overtrained, over ate, you know, and I got big, I got strong, but it set me back because I ended up, you know, hurting myself in a lot of ways. So I've taken a new approach to it. You know, I went 20 years without even taking two weeks off from the gym. And um, so, I mean, sometimes your body just needs a break. It's kind of like fasting or it is like fasting. I mean, giving your body a break from food for a day, two days, five days, 10 days, gives your body a break. And it's the same thing with weight training. So don't have that mentality of, oh, I'm spending all this money on steroids. I'm using steroids. I'm just going to hammer away even if I'm injured. You have to know your body. The best pro athletes ever, if you have asked them, like, what, how would you describe your health right now? They'd be like, I'm at 73% or I'm at 82% or I'm at 51%. They know their health to a T. So you have to know the same thing. It's just like going into the gym right now and me saying, how much can you bench press? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how much I can bench press. What do you mean you don't know? You should know how much you can lift on every lift that you normally do. If you don't, then either you're not committed to it or you're not listening to yourself and listening to your body and learning and logging this stuff. So, I mean, you have to know your body when it comes to this stuff and injuries and stuff. But when you get older, things are going to change. Your mentality is going to change on this stuff. When you're in your 20s and your early 30s, you, you're going to be like me. You're going to be like, I'm just going to go work out six days a week. I don't care if I'm hurting. I don't care. No pain, no gain. You're going to have that mentality. Then when you get start getting 35, things start changing. You start getting close to the 40. Things start changing. You start getting into your 40s and your 50s. Things change even more, and you're like, shit, I got to take time off. So if I'm wrong on that, then my gosh, why isn't Steve Young and Dan Marino and John Elway, all these guys 
still playing in the NFL. No, they retired. You know, they retired in their late 30s for a reason. Because their bodies just got worn down and their bodies got old. So you have to, it just depends, man. I mean, when I was a teenager, I used to freaking like, I used to get injured, man. I could, I used to fall, man, break my knee open, all kinds of shit. That shit didn't phase me. You get like a, two days later, you're healed. But when you get, when you get closer to 40, man, the shit don't heal like it used to. So your mentality is definitely going to change. Yep. Anything else you want to add, Rick? You, I think you got to You hit the nail on the head, buddy. Let's move on. All right, let's move on. So the fourth one is going to be dangers of using steroids as a teenager. And, um, you know, we've kind of touched on this here and there, but we kind of, you know, I don't like to like scare people. I don't like to use fear. Uh, because we see that a lot. People will, will put fear into people to do what they want to do. We'll see parents manipulate their kids by giving them a fear, you know, of, oh, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. But when it comes to this subject, if I can save just one of you out there who are listening to this and you're a teenager and you're like, man, I want to run steroids. If I can just save one of you, then it will be worth it. So, you know, I'm going to bring in Rick early on this, but let me just say, like, guys, you're reproductive. You're not going to die if you use steroids as a teenager. You're not going to die, okay? But what you are going to do is you're going to most likely permanently screw up your reproductive health. And that's something that may not be reversible. And if it is reversible – it's not going to be a fun ride trying to reverse it. So, you know, I'm going to bring in Rick early on this one, Rick, because uh, your mentality has changed. I remember talking to you like five, 10 years ago, and you used to say you had no problem with teenagers using steroids, and now you do have a problem with it. So what changed your mind? When the fuck did I ever say I didn't have a problem with teenagers using steroids? Where are you getting this? No, 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 you did. You told me this a while back. You're like, oh, Steve, I don't. I, even though you, you're like, I don't agree with it. But if they use steroids, it's not my business. I'm, I'm for you know, everyone doing whatever they want to do. Did I said this on the podcast? No, no, not on the podcast. You said it to me personally. Yeah, I know you. I know you have no record of it. Something, something. I'm like that. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 imagine you probably had a conversation with somebody else in your imagination. Had a conversation with a lot of Zorona. No, back no, in the day on bro. EF, back in the day on EF, a lot of guys uh, would 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 say stuff like that. And I think I remember well, you. I have, I have an eighteen-year-old son. I, I definitely would hate for him to to do to be into steroids, obviously. And the one thing I've consistently said on the podcast is I started really young. I started around 20. I wish I would have waited. wish I would have waited longer. But, you know, I was lifting weights at around 13 and started, did my first cycle around 19, 20-ish, 21-ish. Don't, don't, it's been a while. don't quite remember right away. But, no, I mean, you can't, shouldn't use there's just no way uh, timeline wise that it fits in for a teenager to do steroids. Cause you don't really want to start doing really kind of heavy lifting until you're around 13, 14. That's when you kind of have, you can do calisthenics way before that babies can do them. In my opinion, calisthenics, that little, little body weight stuff. It's, it's okay. But hardcore lifting, you know, lifting the steel, throwing the iron plates around, I would say uh, 13, 14, you don't really want to get crazy with it. And then you want to be natural for a good five to seven years, natural, natural developing the habits and, and developing the form and developing a good strength base, natural, before you even touch the sauce. So if you followed my advice on that alone, that puts you at around 21, 22 years old. And even then, I still think that you have a lot of just growth potential all the way up until 24, 25, depending on your age. Some of us guys, well, some guys can, can continue to grow a little bit after that. I think, I think if you start training Natty at around 13, 14, uh, you start hitting heavier PRs like around 18, 19, 20, I think you could make a pretty good straight line of natural progress around 25. 
And then you'll begin to, to plateau off because uh, hormones change. And plus, you've also gotten there. You've also exceeded what your body can do naturally. So all that being said, effects on teenagers. Uh, look, you don't want to start using a crutch so early on. You want to develop you want to develop the consistency in the gym, the technique, the form, the, the diet, you know, the willpower, the willpower to have that diet, you know, to have that, have that willpower and to, to just, to just, to, to eat the right things. You know, you, you use steroids that early on, you're basically giving up on finding more progress through better form, better, through better training, through better uh, finding better techniques that suit your muscle mass. You you throw steroids in or, or any kind of performance enhancement in really early on, you, <clears throat> you're robbing yourself of a lot of experimentation that you should be doing with different foods, with different over-the-counter products, herbs. You know, when you change the focus to steroids so early on into your development, then steroids do become the focus. And then you'll, you'll literally sit there in front of the mirror and tell yourself dumb shit like, oh, my shoulders are not where they need to be. I need to work them harder on my next, next trend cycle. Oh, oh, my midsection's looking watery. I'm going to take care of that with and adding some clan to my next winstrol cycle. You know, you really start to, to crutch on these drugs and it's not the way to go. You really don't, don't, you don't want to make it and you don't want your mentality to stay in mixing drugs. You know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want that to be your main focus. You really want to run the whole thing. You want to, you want to train natural, hit plateaus, get past the plateaus with diet and training alone. Hit a couple of plateaus in development where you might go a year where you see nothing in the mirror going on. And you have to just rethink the whole way you train. And Natty, this could happen. It happens. And you get past it, figuring out, okay, well, training a certain way got me here. But now that I'm here to develop even further, now I've got, I've got to get really crazy with, with my training and really now shock the muscle and, and surprise my mu Now you're going into, into that realm. Now you're going to the realm of what, what calories and macro setup really work for me. And this is all experimentation. And the less variables, the less variables in a test, the easier it is to, it is to, to figure it out. So if you're working on, on drugs and supplements and diet and training and something is not working quite right, where do you put your finger on it? Now, if you give yourself a decade, a decade of just working with diet and training, diet and training, if something's not working right, well, it's got to be the diet and the training because I'm not using any drugs, right? So give yourself that time. Give yourself that, that, that process and don't rob, don't, rob, don't rob yourself of it. So now I'm, I'm not a proponent of it at all. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't condone it, but we've had young guys log into the forums uh, throughout the years, and we always tell them the same thing. Don't, don't do it, kid. It's not for. It's not a. It's not time yet. Uh, we give them a, a, an abbreviated version of everything I just said. Basically, don't don't rob yourself. Don't, don't rob yourself out of the potential for growth. Look at a picture of a dad or a grandpa or an uncle or something when they were twenty versus the way they look at thirty versus the way they look at forty. You'll see a difference. You'll see a boy at twenty, and then you'll see more of a man at thirty, and then even more of a man at forty. So I mean, you got to think. At 20 years old, you may think that you're a man. Yes, you can, you can vote. You can join the military. You, you can have a full-time job. You, you can do a lot of stuff at 20. But that doesn't make you a man. I mean, you can't even go on a cruise by yourself at 20. They won't even let you on a cruise. They won't even let you rent a car at 20. Why? Because they don't want the liability. Because they know 20-year-olds do stupid things. So it's the same thing with steroids. You just don't have enough of a of experience to get everything out of steroids in the first place. You don't. And um, you know this isn't uh, steroids are a tool. They're not the end all. So I mean, whatever you're trying to accomplish at 20 years old, you have to 
push to accomplish it without using steroids. You have to prove that you can accomplish it without using steroids because they're a tool. They're not going to turn you into a professional. So, and then you have the other people, they'll make the, they'll make the argument, Rick, they'll say Arnold used steroids as a team. Ronnie Coleman used steroids as a team, whatever, whatever, any pro they'll say they use them as a team or they'll say, I want to become a pro. So I want to use them. So what do you have to say? Cause you have a, a kid that age. What do you have to say if your kid came to you and said, dad, I want to be a professional bodybuilder. I want to get on steroids. What do you say to that? Well, obviously, uh, um, you would hope that you've raised a, a well-put-together individual and he wouldn't come say some shit like that to you if he hasn't been training and, and, and looking like he can do it. You know, if your kid comes to you and he's that age and he is like Arnold, you know, Arnold was out there training and lifting weights even against his parents' wishes. You know, he was already, as a teenager, he was already competing and he just did it all on his own. So if you, if you got a kid like that and, and he comes and asks for support, asks for help, no matter what it is, you'd be a fool to turn him away. But you got to be realistic. If he doesn't look the part, if he doesn't even train, he's just going to come in one day and say, oh, I want to take a bunch of steroids. I want to compete. <clears throat> but you can tell he doesn't have the grind. You can tell he's not on it. Then obviously, you know, he's losing his fucking mind. If you tell he's your kid that. But, Rick, if you tell your kid that he's going to run out and do it, you should tell your kid, no, man, go ahead and do it. You know what? Go ahead and do it. And he'll be like, huh? He'll be like, yeah, no. I don't, I, don't, yeah, I don't raise my, my kids like that. I know. I'm yeah, so, I'm so, like, but our, our kids like I know that, what you're saying. Yeah. They want to be rebellious. Want, they want to do like the opposite of what you say. So if you say the opposite, you do like a little reverse psychology on them. Yeah, I don't do that. They will, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. That. You know what? I, you I don't know what? No, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know what I actually do? I actually sit there and give them all the facts. And then say, I don't support it. I can't physically blue or stand in the way of you really doing it, but I don't support it. I think it's, and here, here's the reasons why. And I'm very concise, very, um, I try not to try to take my own prejudice out of it and try to think of it in the context of, of there's a, a person that's starting a brand new life. They really can do whatever they want. So when you start thinking at your age, at 40, 30 something, with what a bunch of doors have already closed and, and time windows have already passed you by. And you start thinking like that and applying some of that experience to, to, to a kid to start in his life, you're not going to give good advice. But if you go back to remember that this person is just starting off their life, every door, every avenue is open. You know, they're in the, in the age range where, where they can still do certain things. Then you, you're more willing to just give regular, you give, give advice. That's not, that's not too biased towards your, what your wishes are for them. So yeah, you don't do that. that. That attitude. Yeah, go ahead and do it. No, I'll never. I'll sit. I'll never say go ahead and do it. I'll say I'll always say I don't. I don't agree. Don't fucking do it. If you do it, it's against my wishes. And and that's it. You know, with something like that, because they're gonna they're gonna do it anyway, right? But you don't. I don't do the whole go ahead and do it. You'll see, kind of kind of BS. It's just yeah, I don't I don't do that. Here's the thing. This is what I tell. This is what I tell guys, Rick. This is what I tell guys. I say, listen, were you the best athlete in your high school? That will tell you if you have any chance, if you have the genetics to be a pro bodybuilder. Not your opinion, though. Not your opinion. Did the coach in high school know that, hey, that guy right there, he's the best athlete in, in, this, in this entire high school? Because if he if you didn't couldn't even like play basketball or couldn't even play football or couldn't play whatever, you couldn't even like be uh, like the best player on that team, then you don't have the that genetically gifted ability to be a professional bodybuilder. That's what I tell the, these kids, and it make I think it makes sense to them because these kids that on YouTube and stuff, social media that they post videos and stuff. They're like, ah, I'm going to be a pro bodybuilder. And they start taking steroids. It's hilarious. And it's like, you can just look at them and you can tell this is just some normal schnook. All right. He's just a normal schnook. And he thinks that he's going to be a professional at any sport. That'd be like, uh, that'd be like a me, me and a team being like, you know what, Rick, I'm going to be a professional basketball player. I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm going to be starting quarterback in the Super Bowl in five years from now. That's how stupid it is. So people don't understand this, but the bodybuilding, it get, it's marketing. 
they market this bullshit to people that, yeah, you can take this, you can take this, you can take this, you can work out like this, you can eat this diet, blah, 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 and you're gonna, you too can be a pro bodybuilder. They market it. And it's the only thing out there that people actually believe that they can one day be a professional bodybuilder. It's kind of like poker. It's the same thing. They market poker and they make people think – we've had this conversation off, off the podcast. They make people think that you too can win millions of dollars playing poker but they don't tell you that 95% of pl- poker players lose money, are in debt, have no money. A lot of those poker players that you see that play poker, they made their they, money they, through they other play stuff. With borrowed money. They play with borrowed money. They have investors right. that are hoping to get their money back. And they, yeah, yeah, but they, even they the ones the that added have pressure. They need the added pressure of the investors in order to perform some of them. And whenever they win a tournament – they don't get to keep that money. Then they got to pay back their debt after they win that tournament because they're in, they're basically in lifelong debt. So they just basically are debt rich, but they, the ones that actually have money, maybe they got, you know, they're really, really the best poker players. Very, very few. We're talking the top 0.5%. It's just like bodybuilding. Only the top 5% will actually make it in bodybuilding and monetize it. But even those people, they make money off, off of uh, mark of uh, advertising off websites, off appearances, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a big um, ruse and bodybuilding is a huge ruse too. It's a huge, huge ruse. It's just a bunch of, you know, jacked up guys who give this image that, yeah, you too can be like me, but they don't tell you that they have top 1% genetics because they want you to think if you follow my program, you too can look like me. If you follow you know, you pay me 300 bucks for a program and, and you're, I'm going to put you on a program, which is just a copy paste, same thing I give to thousand other people. And maybe out of those thousand people, one will actually look, look good. You know, the other 999 will just look like an average snook. So that's, that's just, that's bodybuilding. And that's the thing that Rick, you said at the beginning, you said, I would, you know, I, Kids aren't that stupid. It's not, you don't have to be stupid. Actually, intelligent people are more likely to fall for this type of grifting, believe it or not, because they want to believe that. They want to believe that and they tell themselves that it can happen. You know, know, if, if if your communication has been so bad with your kid that when you are trying to tell him about the reality of things, he gets real defensive then there's just a big, big, wide disconnect between you and him. If your kid tells you he, he wants to do something and you are trying to be realistic for him and give him real expectations, he shouldn't get defensive. If, if he does, then he, he doesn't feel you're on his side and, and you've done something to create the feeling that you're not on his side. G- quick story, my, my 10-year-old, he's a bright little kid, very driven, great little wrestler, all that good stuff. And he confided in me that he wants to be a professional gamer, all right? A professional gamer, all right? So I, I obviously right away I didn't know how to react to it, but then I, I, I gave him reality. I said, professional gamer? I said, no, that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome actually because if you told me you wanted to be a fighter, uh, we might have to wait another 10, 15 years to know if you really got it all or not because it takes such a long time for your body to develop. But a gamer, man, at 13, 14, you should be beating grown men and, and ripping tournaments apart. And because that's what happens with sports like that. Like paintball is a good example. Sports where physical dominance is not, is not as important. Like, like paintball is one of them where you get 15 and 16 year old pro professional players that play against you know, men in their thirties. And because it's not physical, physical and physical is technique and, and shots and, then kids can compete at a high level. And this goes across the board for many things. So I said, that's great. It's great that this video games because by 13, 14, you should be winning a ton of tournaments. And by the time you're 17, 18 in high school, you should be making more money than, than grown men that go to their jobs. Um, and if you're not on that grind, then it's not for you. And we're not going to fucking think about it. Not, a, not even a minute or more. So, you know, practice in your free time that you got Get, and you know, every, I think every parent that's had this conversation with their kid, their kid shows them YouTube videos of all these guys winning 
you know, $3 million playing Fortnite. And he's not like the top guy. Like the guy making $3 million a year playing Fortnite, he's not like the top winner of everything. He just wins up here and there enough to where kids pay 40, 50 bucks, pay 40, 50 bucks, wire him the money to just play against him a, a few rounds. And this guy can take on 20, 20 of these kids a day all day long. So yeah, when your kid when your kid comes up with something like that, you just you gotta bring him to reality. And and if and if he gets defensive about the reality you're bringing, then there's just a, a big divide in your communication. Well, here's the thing. It, you know, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you know what? I, and I and I says to him, by the way, I says to him, and since we're on that role, um, you I guess it's a good idea for, for us to get a little uh, for me to get you a little Linux box as a gift. We're going to install Linux in, a, in one of these old machines, and and you're going to start learning some command line. And uh, you're going to, uh, besides playing the games, you're going to get on the role of learning how to code and how to create video games. If not creating the coding behind them, maybe storyline, storytelling, some of those things along too. Because one day you might be a pro, and then you might want to retire and and create your own games, your own stuff. Uh, but I said it's great. I'm I'm actually happy that you said that you said video gamer because uh, we, we don't have to wait because we don't have to wait that long to see if you're, if you're really good, if you got what it takes, if you're competitive at a high level or not. Uh, it, we, we'll know before you, we'll know before you're out of junior high if you fucking got it or not, because by the time you get to high school, you'll be making more money than grown men. And if not, guess what? Coding, storytelling, you can still work in the video game industry, no problem. But we're going to be realistic here, buddy. We're not going to fucking, we're not going to just pay, play fucking games for the sake of playing them. Uh, if the, you know, and, and if this is, you know, this is what it's all about, hit it, do it. It's awesome. I said, you know, you don't, you don't have to wait until you're 18 to be able to get in the ring and start smashing your face against someone to really know where you're at. You, you'll know. Shit, you can, you know, you'll you'll know when you, when you're allowed to start joining tournaments if if you got it or not. So, just one example, short example of how I handle some of these things. I come up with the with the kids, right? The whole that's what the whole podcast is, right? Steve, just yours and mine's experience, and um and yeah. So I don't I don't do the go do it, see what's up. No, I give them reality. We 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 discuss things to the level. I give them all the information, and and I. And I tell them what I think. And I know kids will still do what they want to do anyway. And, he, and you have to accept and you have to accept that you can't brute force them away from, from bad choices. Right. But you but, also should never tell them, go do it anyway. Even if you were being sarcastic, I would, even if I'm being sarcastic, I won't tell my kid to go do something. I know it's no good for him. Even, even a sarcasm, I won't even do it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing too. And I, you know, I, I when I I know like I've had this conversation before on the forum and people are like oh Steve you're you're smashing people's dreams. Here's here's my point though. Here's a really amazing concept, Rick. You don't have to use steroids to bodybuild. That's a fact. Okay, I didn't touch steroids till I was 29. So and I lifted well, since well, I was 15. Ronnie Coleman, Ronnie Coleman was natural uh, competing uh, against uh, against the. Uh, Olympians and remember, didn't you hear the podcast? Ronnie Coleman said he was natural uh, in his first competitions. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing, man. Like, it's the same thing with gaming or same thing with whatever. Like, you can do that as a hobby without monetizing it. And then over time, if you're really, really good at it, you can start monetizing it. And then you could still have a full time job. I mean, you don't have to just you know, do one thing. You can do 10 different things. Look at Rick Drazen. We did the podcast on Rick Drazen. He did so many things throughout his life. Uh, throughout his 20s, he was he had like eight different jobs at once. He was in the military. He was a wrestler. He, he was an artist and he got paid for all this stuff. I mean, he did so many different things. So you don't have to just do one thing. Be like, you know what? I'm going to be a gamer. That's what I'm going to do 100%. No, you can be a gamer, still go to college and do gaming while in college as a hobby and then monetize it and still have a real nine to five job. Or you can have a business and do the gaming on the side. And then if the gaming gets too big, you can just focus on the gaming if the business part doesn't work out. So there isn't one thing. It's the same thing with bodybuilding. So, you know, I don't want young people to think, yeah, I'm smashing your dreams because you don't have to use steroids to bodybuild. You can still enjoy bodybuilding 
and get results without steroids. You can use supplements. You can use other things to help you. You can, you know, uh, it's all about, it's, it's all about what your goals are. It's all about what you want to do, but to monetize anything, any, a hobby, if you are lucky enough to do that, then you are living a great life. Like if you wake up every morning doing what you love doing, then you've succeeded. You've succeeded. If you wake up every day miserable because you hate your job, then that's no way to love your life. Same thing with your wife. You wake up next to someone you hate, that's not a way to live your life. So, you know, life is all what you, what you make of it, you know? All right, hit it up. All right, guys. So the last one, we don't have much time left, but it's going to be a good one. A good second date ideas. So let's say you go on a first date, you know, at the end of the date, you tell her, you know, Hey, you know, I like you. I want to see you again. You know, what do you do for a second date from there? What you, cause you're going to have to, you know, ask her out a second time. So what I like to do at the end of the first date is tell her, Hey, I want to see you again. You know, I'll let her know that. And then during the first date, she's going to feed you information. She's going to tell you what she likes to do. She's going to mention things that she likes to do. She's going to mention her hobbies. She's going to mention food that she likes. She's going to mention, she might even mention stuff like, you know, stuff about her place, stuff about your place, whatever. So women like to drop hints to guys instead of being direct. So you have to, you have to compute that. I'll give you an example. I was dating this girl and she told me that she's like, you know what? My, you know, we've been dating for like, we've been dating for like two or three weeks. She's like, you know, my ex, you, you know, gave me a, a spare key to his place. This way I could stop by after work. And then she changed subjects. She was kind of dropping a hint. So of course, as a guy, we don't listen. We're not good listeners. So, of course, I didn't, I wasn't clever enough to reach in my pocket and pull out a spare key and be like, well, here you go. Here's a spare key. She's pretty much telling me, I want to come and crash at your place when I get off at work tomorrow or the next day. That's what she was telling me. But of course, I'm too stupid to realize it. So, you have to. Listen to these hints that women are telling you. She could be on a, on, a, on, on a date be like, yeah, I really like going to the beach. I really like it, especially when the weather is good. So check the weather. If the weather is good, ask her out to go to the beach. You have to, you know, you, women, women are good at that. They're good at giving you hints. So you have to basically take advantage of that. If you don't take advantage of it, it's just going to frustrate her in the process. So it's really, really good. It's a skill that you build over the over time when you get experience with dating and stuff you know it's, it's a skill that you develop you know um just from practice it's not something that you're going to be good at because men can't listen whatever women tell us it goes one in one year one out the other we're not good at retaining information but women on the other hand they will retain everything you tell them so if you could say if you say one wrong thing They'll, they'll not want to see you again. You could say a, a joke, a tasteless joke that she might find offensive. She might not want to see you again. So, you know, that's, that's how, that's, that's the difference between men and women. So listen to those hints that she tells you and take her someplace that she's going to enjoy on a second date. Don't take her someplace that you want to go. Take her someplace that you both want to go. Rick, I'll let you finish up the show with your advice. Um, all right, so that, that's that's some stuff I agree with, Steve. Other stuff I don't. Um, second, number one, you don't you don't want to end the date uh, automatically asking her when am I going to see you again, unless she brings it up. If she brings it up, she says when am I going to see you again. That's great. If she doesn't bring it up, don't bring it up just yet. Just take a take the night to think about it. All right, and then um, don't just put yourself on a silver platter. Even if you like her, don't don't do that. It would make sense to us guys because we're guys that you just need to you know you like her, uh, give her some assurance from the start. Put yourself on the set of a platter, basically. 
but it, she don't she doesn't kind of want that she wants to unroll you she wants to earn all of this she wants to drag it out of you so don't just put yourself on a silver platter don't just ask her out of way when you want to see her again let her wonder you, you can tell her you like her she's attractive you're feeling her but after you leave it's not a bad thing for her to wonder a little bit if you're gonna ask her on another date it's it's really not and if you're sitting there worried about other guys like oh well if i don't secure the next date she might go out with another guy let her go out with another guy you be the man the other guys are doofus you be about your gym grind you be about your diet you be a, about your healthy living and your goals and let her go out and waste her time going out with douchebags that are going to overdrink and are just going to have excuses about life. Just let, let her, let her be. It's fine. You be you. So first date, I wouldn't, I would, most, most women, if they had a good time, they're going to say, Hey, I hope you had a good time. I hope you get home safe. Something, something like that. You'll say, Hey, I'm home right now, baby. Had a great time. Call me tomorrow. That's it. Or I'll give you a bus tomorrow. That's it. And then tomorrow, say, hey, you doing? What's up? Say, you know, I'd love to see you next week. Let me see what days I can clear out. I can clear out for my schedule. I'm busy, motherfucker. Uh, Thursday, Friday, what looks good for you? Set up a date. You know, wait a day. It's fine. It's not playing games. It's not, you're not playing games. All you're doing is you're making it fun for her. <laughs> so she's more attracted. It would make sense because we're very practical go with a man like hey i like this girl we can go somewhere together let, let me just let her know right now she's got me and everything's good but we just need to keep going out no you don't do that let her wonder a little bit if she you let her feel like she's got to work a little bit harder to get you don't don't think that she wants to know you really like her and you're gonna and you can have a future together don't you want her to think that that she likes you but she doesn't know if she'll be able to have you you're there, you're, kind of, you're reciprocal, but you're also not 100% always there the way she wants you to be. That's all right at the start. That's fine. And then second date, just make it fun. You know, surprise her with something. Don't tell her what you're going to do and exactly everything you're going to do. Just go surprise her. Don't spend a bunch of money. Don't, you know, don't be one of these guys trying to definitely, definitely don't run up credit cards to take a, a girl out on a date because then you're, you're trying to show something you're not. You know, if you know a good place, a good spot where they make some good street food that's not that expensive and a good place to, to, to park your car and eat it, that's incredible. That's the type of girl you want to go go with. Girl, you can maybe take her to a, a food truck or a, or a corner, grab some, you know, whatever they got there, and then drive your car over to the pier or the mountain or wherever the hell it is and just kind of eat, eat, you know, um, sitting on the hood of your car and, or on a rock and just have a good conversation, good good sight. Don't need to spend a bunch of money. What are good dates that you can go on? Don't spend a bunch of money. Um, you have a video? Do you have, you have a good camera? Go in and go someplace and take pictures. Have her take a couple of different clothing items. Go to some good special places and get her some good pictures for that, for her Instagram game. I date a lot of fitness chicks, so me inviting them out to go take pictures it's, it's never, I'm never told no, you know, cause I like hanging out with fitness girls and they all have followers and they'll have Instagram grind. So me saying, Hey baby, I'm coming to get you tomorrow, you know, 4 PM so that we can make uh, magic, the magic hour, which when the sun's going down is, is the best time to take pictures of or record video. Um, it's like the magic hour or when the sun's coming up, you know, not when it's overhead, not like noon. That's not the best. It really is when the sun's going down or it's coming up, dusk or dawn, best times to take photographs. So say, yeah, let's go take photograph. Or um, you could take her, again, don't spend a bunch, of, a bunch of cash. Don't talk about yourself and your accomplishments. If you are, well, if you are a, a well-accomplished man, it'll just show in the way you, you act and the way you fucking breathe. It'll just fucking show um, in every response you give her. It'll just show. Uh, if, you, if you talk about your lifestyle and it's inescapable to mention some of your success, you, you kind of do it, but don't lead with that ever. It's never about, when you go on these dates, it's not about you. It's about her. You listen to her. Ask her as many questions as you can. Ask her about her life. He, see, here's the mistake a lot of men make. 
you think if you go there with her, like you're negotiating a contract and you tell her what life will be like, if you tell her what your past is like, if you really try to get her to understand you, she'll logically think about, no, man, it doesn't work like that. Women don't care about these logical explanations you're giving them. They only care about how you make them feel. This is why you'll see uh, women that are great women that go out with fucking losers, guys who are losers on paper. And you're like, why? Well, logic is out of the equation. It's about how she feels. That guy makes her feel a certain way. That's why she frequents him, regardless, regardless of what his of what his resume looks like. Okay, that's what she values. So understand that. Understand you don't go in there negotiating, telling her about all the baggage you got going on. Telling her about how being in a relationship with you is like. Telling her about your past relationships and just making yourself an open book so she gets to know you right away. You don't want to do none of that. It's about how you make her feel. You want to make her feel good about herself. You want to laugh at her jokes or her stories as followers. Make her feel like she's interesting. Make her feel like she's being listened to. Make her feel like she's pretty. Make her feel like she's taken care of. Make her feel like you really, really, truly do care about about her because you do you should care about her if you're trying to engage into a relationship with her uh, make her feel like you respect her respect her respect her time respect her space okay these are all feelings that you must create in her okay and those feelings will go a longer way a longer way getting you closer to her and the ways you want to get close to her go a longer way than any kind of negotiating that you do another thing that's a Really dumb fucking idea. Never do this. Don't ever fucking apologize. Okay. If you do something that's blatantly wrong, like something really stupid, like you're too late for a date, I mean, or you do something really dumb, you forget something. Okay. An apology is warranted. But don't sit there and look for reasons to apologize. Don't, don't end the date or a conversation and think, hmm, she might have taken offense to that one thing I did. Let me, let me make sure next time I talk to her, I tell her I'm sorry about that. No, you don't fucking do that. Okay. You're a man. You don't fucking apologize for shit. Okay, you're a fucking man. You do what you, you you do what you need to do. If you do something obviously wrong, yeah, obviously you owe an apology. But don't nitpick the date in your head and think you need to apologize for stuff. If she starts to withdraw from you, because sometimes after the first date, after the second date, she might start to withdraw. She might start to not get back to you as quickly. Her messages might might. It's just it's part of the natural process that they go through. They're trying to figure out if you're for real or not, if you're too good to be true. They're trying to figure out if you're a bitch and how you're going to react to her withdrawing a little bit, believe it or not. And so the thing you don't want to do is start thinking of things you could have done in the date and then come back and try to apologize preemptively for us. You know, she, she stopped answering my text. Maybe she was upset that I didn't pull the chair out for her. Or I didn't open the door for her. I stupid dumb. And then you, you're going to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry I didn't do this. And she's sitting there thinking like, what? What this weak fucking moron? I forgot that even happened. Why, why is he apologizing? What a bitch! So she can't understand what's going on. You need to be, you need to have that 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 strong masculine energy and masculine feel about you. You need to be that guy. As long as you, as long as you're those things, you you'll make the whole courtship uh, experience very fun for her, very fun for her, and very fun for yourself. Fun for yourself. And here's why: you're fucking sitting there driving to the date on your way to the date. Rehearsing what your speech, speech, would your speech be like? Everything you're gonna say, you're already fucked up. You're already fucked up. Okay. On your way to the date, you should just be clearing your mind to understand this lady, to uh, listen to her, ask her about herself, and to project your your strong manly energy and, and your vibrations. She needs to feel that shit. Okay. She needs to feel you're a real man. That's about it. That's about it. There's no, um, there's nothing else. There's no, all this negotiating, all this telling her, oh, I need her to know I really like her. This is for real. No, no, you fucking don't. You need her to feel like she's got to earn this fucking guy. You need her to feel like if she's not trying to earn this, this dude, some other lady might, might take him. You'll notice this. On most first dates, believe it or not, women will, will hint at the fact that you're probably a player, that you probably date a lot of the women. Most women will just... Man, nine out of ten first dates I've been on, they'll, they'll toss it out there. And now, 
you can respond one of three ways. You can kind of ignore it, which I do most of the time. You can deny it, say, no, no, you're the first date I've been in in weeks, like an idiot. Or you can play it off and say something like, well, uh, you know, a couple girls here, they're bothering me, but nobody I'm really interested in. You know, I, I got a friend here and there. You know, you, you, you don't want to sound like you're a fucking loser and she's the only date you had. You want to, you want to, ideally it would be like that. Like you do go out with different women, but you choose to stay single. Um, and, you know, and then she'll feel like you had other options, but you picked her. You know, you don't want to go over there and tell her this is your first fucking date in months. That's just, or if she says, or if she thinks you're a player, don't say, oh, I'm really not. Say, well, maybe for you, I might change. You know, be playful, be fun. Don't ever be serious. Don't tell, don't unload your baggage and tell people about everything bad that they can expect. Let her drag all that shit out of you. Let her feel like, like she's earning it. Let her feel like she's earning to get to know you. You know, I tell you something funny, uh, Steve, and this, this is a real quick, quick, funny story. So I, I think I got Hulu. Hulu, my kids, uh, my kids got Hulu. I haven't messed with Hulu. I watch Netflix documentaries once in a while, but I got on Hulu one day um, with the kids. I'm scrolling by and there was this reality show where they follow. It's like a doc, it's like, 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 like real life show where they follow couples where one person has a ton of money and the other person is actually pretty um pretty humble. So I had a few people there, some old 60-something-year-old dude with, with a little little Spanish girl from a restaurant. And they had different people. There. And there was this, this really nice-looking, decent, nice-looking uh, um, lady from Nevada, from Vegas, Asian lady from Vegas, hot-looking, um, going out with this construction worker guy. Okay, the dude was a fucking construction worker, okay? He wasn't that great-looking. He wasn't that, that charming. It's kind of fucking dumb. The lady was sharp as hell. Very nice looking lady for, for, for the age group. I mean, very, very nice looking lady. Okay. The dude was staying over her house, driving her fucking car. And she had never been to his house and seen his house. He got into her pants. He got, why has she not seen his house? Because he fucking lives with his parents. And he was too ashamed that he lived with his parents because he works construction. So basically what ended up happening with them, I noticed from the show is this. This lady is rich, very successful, real estate lady, um, meets this guy uh, who's a construction worker. Because he's, he, because, because he's ashamed of his position in life, he starts to hide his life from her to the point where he becomes a total fucking mystery to her. And, and, when you, and when you catch up to them on this show, she's got a gorgeous house that he's staying at in the jacuzzi. He's, he's banging her. He's, you know, he's using his fucking her car, driving her cars around because she likes cars. So she's got a couple of them. I mean, this shit going on. And then you realize she never been to his house. She doesn't. I mean, she's just little by little getting to know him. Okay, so he see I'm just bringing those up as an example. He was a mystery to her, out of shame, and 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 she got so wrapped up in him, so involved in him, that as she started, as as the layers just start to peel back, and she realized this dude is like in is like her age in her forties, in his forties, and he lives at home with his parents. Then you begin to you begin to realize, like, okay, wait a minute. So, so going on a first or second date and telling her about all my fucking problems, telling her about everything that's wrong in my life, probably not a good fucking idea. I could probably just shut the fuck up and keep all of this shit to myself and just let's watch, let's watch this thing play out. You know what I mean? That's just a, just, just a long, long spiel there um, <laughs> about the dates and everything. Because a lot of dudes out there are fucking it up. A lot of dudes out there messing, messing, messing. Well, I think... Dudes. And, and you said something that's really, that's really true, Steve. You said but you have to, you have to try, try to help error. you. It, when it's you, trial and you, error, though. She try to help you. No, no, no. You, sometimes you don't get to make a bunch of errors. Listen, um, she, when a woman likes you, she'll try to help you. She'll try to help you not be an idiot. She'll tell you what you need to do and what you're doing wrong. You just need to fucking listen. You know what I mean? Don't be an idiot. If you at the end of the day, day, if you look, wants, it, at the end of the day, if you look like Brad Pitt. No matter how much of a fucking idiot you are, you're getting a second date. But like the advice that like I'm trying to tell people is for average snook. An average snook 
trying to look, get a and, woman. And if you and if you, you look know. and if you look like Thelma Hayek, you're gonna you're gonna get a rich husband no matter what what. what social yeah, and if you're a good looking girl, all you have to do is yeah. go on social so, media. Post so some listen, and you'll good, have hundred guys looking, messaging you. Yeah, listen, looking good, 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 good lookingness and and just a stunning fucking world class looks like like Brad Pitt. That aside, that stuff aside, being average looking to 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 fugly, just just in that realm. Just in that realm, which the majority of society is at, you know, there there is one fucking Brad Pitt out there, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, just regular people aside, um, you just got to do it. And look, and even if you do look like Brad Pitt, you could run. Listen, when women like you, they'll give you, they'll help, they'll try to help you, not fuck it up. They'll give you the signals. See, you don't understand, guys. When I meet you, she knows right up she'll sleep with you or not. Now, from that point on, it's up to you to fuck that up. A lot of guys talk women right out of liking them. A lot of guys pursue women too much right out of liking them, okay? And, in, and if you are like Brad Pitt caliber looking guy, you can also be an idiot and fuck it up for yourself and lose a chance with a lot of women that would give you a chance that would uh, hit you uh, otherwise. You know, see... She wants to have sex with you too. She just wants to get to know you more, and she wants to have a good excuse. Feel like 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 you earned it a little bit too, um, but she also wants to feel like she earned you. She wants to feel like she's earning your heart, and she wants to feel like you earned her sex. It, she might not she may not be able to explain it to you that way, but deep down in the emotions is kind of what's really coming down to what's really happening. I mean. All right, guys. So that was a full show. Um, and, you know, we're going to have more of these coming up, hopefully. Right, Rick? So for Steve Smee and Rick, this has been episode 351. We're, we're on our way to 400 before you know it. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.